Welcome to the third season of the Give, Receive, Improve podcast. In this third season, we will be focusing on the topic around the first 90 days of becoming a new manager. In this episode, we will talk about managing your team's development. We will answer two key questions and they are 1. How do you onboard new team members? And 2. How best to provide the right skill sets for your team members? Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalumcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Let's get going. Hi Lisa, this is a very interesting topic. As a new manager, the power is in your hand to create the best team that you have ever imagined. The key foundation to begin with is to make sure you are ready to manage them first. I think in your heart and soul, you ought to acquire the spirit to onboard yourself first. Pretend that you start from ground zero and you need to learn everything to excel at your management role. Specifically for this guidance, we have covered most of them in the previous episodes from episode 17 to 22 so far. Go check them out. Now imagine if within your first 90 days, you have new hires joining your team. While you are new with your managerial role, you still need to ensure that your new hires are well taken care of. I remember when I first joined Microsoft Malaysia in 1995, I felt good when the day I walked in, my business card was ready on my desk. And in the first week at Microsoft, I had to travel to the Microsoft head office in Redmond, Washington. I felt good about that too. The fact that Microsoft actually got me to start work from the get-go says a lot about the company. They expected me to be productive right away. When I reached Seattle Airport, the Malaysia country manager then, John Lauer, who had already arrived a couple of days earlier, waited for me at the airport. I was so surprised to see him with his wife and son. This is like meeting his family. I felt great too as it made me feel that the culture was so inclusive and people cared about each other. Then the next day, John and I were at the Seattle airport again, welcoming 40 high-level leaders from key government agencies in Malaysia. They traveled to Microsoft for a full technology briefing. I was happy to receive them and did my best to convey the story of Microsoft and how it had benefited governments around the world. This specific experience was a mixed bag for me. While it sounded great to get me exposed to all the potential clients as soon as I started work, thinking back, timing a certain event to your new hire's readiness might have worked out better. Being new like four days old in Microsoft then, and the fact that all my experience prior to joining Microsoft was in the banking industry instead of the public sector, there was definitely a few areas that I knew I could have done better. For instance, I could have done a lot better if I had gone through a full-fledged technology briefing on my first day at work. I could have done a lot better if I had the top 5 highlights on how Microsoft works with government at a snap of a finger. 
I could have done better if on day one, I had fully understood the Microsoft business model in the public sector. In a nutshell, to a certain degree, this session represented some kind of culture shock to me as everything about it was new. The company, the public sector industry, the local leaders of the public sector industry, and well, 40 leaders at once was a big group for someone new like me then that I needed to build relationship with the technology, the business model, and many others. The key learning that I have from this experience is that it is very important for you to onboard your new hires well from day one, even if you are still a new manager yourself. Onboarding should be comprehensive with the main objective of creating a smooth transitioning to a new culture experience for the new hires. This will include learning everything about the company, providing the right system and tools, as well as creating a unique learning and development experience for the new hires. Key questions include, how do you demonstrate that you care about them? What do you need to do to prepare them for all the challenges in their pursuit to excellence? What type of tools should you provide them to ensure that they are well equipped to perform their best in their respective roles? All this starts with the right onboarding process. It starts from day one. You need to create positive impressions for your new hires from day one the moment they report to work. So how can you create a great first experience for the new hire on day one? You can consider doing the following on day one. Number one, make sure the business cards and other essentials are ready. I remember how great this made me feel when I first reported to work seeing my business card is all set on my table many, many, many years ago. It was a good first impression that they were ready for me. And it raised my personal expectation that I should really start getting to speed with the lay of the land and start contributing. Number two, give your new hire a tour of the office and all facilities. Number three, introduce your new hire to other team members as well as to other head of departments, especially those who will be working closely with your department. Number four, have a team lunch to welcome the new hire on the first day. And number five, schedule an introductory orientation session on the company which can be delivered online, on demand. Everything that a new hire should know that include history of the company, vision, mission, objectives, shared values, roles of every department, core systems and support systems that enable the company to run smoothly, as well as share some key structures of role-based learning and development plan. What do you think, Lisa? Can you recall some of your experiences onboarding new hires? Yes, El. I agree that the experience that someone feels when he or she is new into a strange new environment is important. I mean, I can distinctly remember my first day at Microsoft so vividly, not because I had a great experience. In fact, unfortunately, it's the opposite. And maybe that is why it's so memorable even after all these years. Now, to put things into perspective, when I joined Microsoft in 1995, it was still a rather small operation with less than 20 people. So I guess one can't really expect too much attention to be paid to a newbie. After all, most people there were either new themselves or busy with their roles. I can also distinctly remember that I was not given any technology except for the office phone that was on the table. 
which I kind of thought was rather unusual considering that I was working for a technology company. I also remembered who I was sitting next to on that very first day. And for those of you who have not guessed it, that's right, it was Sal. In fact, everything that you have mentioned, I did not experience. Well, I guess my first day all week did not determine my career or the progress that it took thereafter, which, in some case, it's a big relief. The one good thing that did come out of that experience was that I had the desire to make sure that whoever I hired would not have that same experience and, in fact, should have a better experience than what I had. So, yes, absolutely agree that there should be a basic new hire checklist of things that the person can expect on the first day, such as what you have mentioned, basic work essentials such as the computer, stationery, a name card, and of course, the introductory rounds that you would take the person in order to meet everyone within the company, a team lunch, and if that is not possible, at least a lunch session with you, the manager. In fact, the onboarding experience should be for at least a month. And it is not easy to be a newbie. There should be a one-on-one session with you as the manager, the manager's manager, his or her peers, and the team that he or she will be working closely with. There should also be training programs lined up, especially those related to the role, such as the tools that the person will be expected to use, HR policies, especially around the do's and don'ts around compliance, and core values and so on. That was an interesting sharing, Lisa. Evidently, there were some inconsistent experiences between us when we were first hired, huh? I imagine the key contributing factor in this case could have been the different approaches taken by our most immediate direct managers. If we start really well on day one, the rest will be a lot easier. The most important thing that will help new hires a great deal is when you know where to go when you need something. For instance, I may be searching for some proposal templates or claims templates. It helps a great deal when you know which link that you need to go to for all these standard resources. Or if a company which does not have this system in place yet, it helps to know who the go-to person is. In addition, it is also important for you to build good working relationships with your team members, peers, and colleagues. Make a point to schedule a meeting with them, especially those whom you will be working closely with, to get to know each other, understand work styles, and learn current priorities. I will also encourage you to spend some time understanding the current gap of skill sets of your new hire. For instance, I remember having a discussion with my new hire, a salesperson from a company which sells personal computers and printers. Moving into selling software is very different. The conversation that we will have with potential clients are different. Positioning to sell is also different. The approach was about selling solution, demonstrating the solution impact to the clients, and I needed to get him to speed fast for him to sell effectively. So we had a constructive discussion and walked through all the structured training plans that he needed to attend, such as understanding key drivers in the relevant industry, getting to know the benefits that the solution brings to the table from the business perspective, and acquiring skills in storytelling. In fact, a good approach to this is to extend the onboarding plan to include a unique role-based learning and development plan or a competency toolkit as well. What exactly does that mean? Say I'm a new hire. I come in as an account manager. My role is to sell trade finance solution in the banking industry. 
What I would do when I join the company is to just access learning and development plans, search for the account manager role in the banking industry, and I should be able to see all the list of skill sets required at which level of expertise. For instance, for my role, I may see intentional communication skill, framing solution approach to the business decision makers, and negotiation skills. And for each skill, I need to be at level 4, which basically interprets as I have good skills effective to handle senior managers. Based on my personal assessment, I rate myself at level 4 for intentional communication skill and negotiation skills. And I give myself a three framing solution approach to the business decision makers. Based on this assessment, I would then sign up for framing solution training so that I can enhance my skill to level 4. Within the role-based learning and development plan or the competency toolkit, it should detail out the following. Number one, for each role, the type of skill sets that are needed. Number two, the level of needed skill sets. Say from level one to level five, we clear definition on what each of them represents. Number three, guidelines on how to assess your current skills. Based on these guidelines, then you can perform personal assessment to rate yourself. Number four, perform a comparison between your personal assessment and the role-based skills template to come up with the skill gap analysis. Number five, based on the comparison of skill gap analysis, decide the relevant training to attend. And number six, sign up and attend. I believe such structured system will help new hires a great deal in customizing their unique training plan to get to speed in their role as soon as possible. Can you share your point of views on this, Lisa? Yes, Al. I mean, any tools and assistance that we're able to provide to onboard someone faster and more effectively should be leveraged upon. I would also add that we should also assign a peer buddy or mentor to the new hire. This will provide a much faster process of onboarding and ramping up that person because now there is a point of contact for any questions that the person might have that he or she may be uncomfortable to ask the manager. The peer buddy or mentor should be someone performing a similar role and someone who is experienced and obviously a great performer. Good habits can then be shared and rubbed off. I find that that is one of the best ways that a manager can help a new hire is to assign the right person to help onboard. Regular communication between you and the new hire is also crucial. Establish a weekly rhythm as a check-in or a checkpoint to see how things are progressing. If as a manager you are able to pick up challenges and struggles early on in the engagement process, it is much easier for you to solve it and to ensure that the time is not wasted along the way, try and manage those situations later. Regular communication and feedback sessions are key to enabling that to happen. From these sessions, the regular feedback as well as feedback from the peer buddy, you will then be able to assess more accurately the training needs of the newbie. Then you'll be able to tailor the developmental needs and feed that into HR to organize the appropriate training sessions to bridge the gap. Thanks for sharing, Lisa. Those are indeed great examples that others can replicate easily. I recommend that new managers look at their team development as a long-term journey, unique for everyone that must be managed effectively. As much as possible, establish a comprehensive system of onboarding with a complementary learning and development plan or a competency toolkit to make it easy for new hires to transition to their new journey 
and get to speed fast for them to contribute effectively. If you are a small company and do not have all systems in place yet, you can still start building this onboarding program by listing all the programs needed, building and monitoring them using Excel spreadsheet. It's always good to start early. Start small and when the right time comes, you can always grow in line with your company growth as well. Yeah, for sure, Sal. This will also help you as the manager to work closely with HR to customize the onboarding experience and chart out the developmental needs accordingly. The important thing to note is that everyone, including you, will constantly need to always think about what sort of competencies or skills and their gaps that needs to be developed along the way. The first part to onboarding and the subsequent part of it is for you to continuously learn and continuously improve. In summary, the experience of a new hire is crucial in giving the person the confidence in not just the company, but also in you as the manager and the team that he or she will be working in. To do so, you will need to have three things in place. One, onboarding checklist, which should include the basic expectations, such as tools that the person will need to use, whether it's a business card, computer, assigned desk, and so on. Number two, peer or buddy system to help ensure that the person is not alone, but has someone to help them along the way. The buddy should be someone who is experienced, a performer, and in a similar role. Number three, regular and constant communication and feedback to ensure that challenges are addressed and future developmental needs, whether it be competencies or skills gap, are to be met. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you would like to learn next. And give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on what we're doing. Check out our respective websites at lisalumcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Take care and remember, you're not alone in your struggles as a manager.